Greetings, friends. It is the weekend of Sunday, August the 29th. That is the last Sunday in August. You know, and we've had a tradition here at Benaro Christian Fellowship down through the years. On our fifth Sundays, months with fifth Sundays, that we participate in communion, the Lord's Supper, during our worship service. And so we're going to be looking at that today. We're going to be looking at the Gospel of Luke, chapter 22, verses 14 through 20, reading from the NIV. When the hour came, Jesus and his apostles reclined at the table, and he said to them, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it again until it finds fulfillment in the kingdom of God. And after taking the cup, he gave thanks and said, Take this and divide it among you. For I tell you, I will not drink again from the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took bread, gave thanks, and broke it, and said, and gave it to them, saying, This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after the supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. You know, memories are very precious. They keep us connected to people, to places and events that have shaped us and influenced our lives. And, you know, obviously we wish we could forget some things, but even life's unpleasantries, life's hard memories can offer lasting lessons that we learn through diversity and adversity. At the Last Supper, Jesus shared a meal with his disciples and then led them in the ancient observance of the Feast of the Unleavened Bread, or Passover. Jesus, the Master, the Teacher, the Rabbi, the Savior, used this opportunity to plant an important memory in his disciples that were gathered there in that upper room. Jesus shared this meal for their benefit and ultimately for ours. And as Jesus raised the bread and the cup in thanksgiving, he, he added meaning. He added new significance to this ancient ritual. You know, we talked a lot in Hebrews that, that, that a lot of things in the Old Testament in particular were pictures. They were wordplay. They were shadows of the real thing. And sometimes the thing that's to lead us to the thing can become the thing. But in Luke chapter 22, there's this record that Jesus tells his disciples to observe the Passover in remembrance of me. You see, Jesus took an old symbol and filled it with new meaning. You see, he was what the symbols are for. They are the things that God has given us to lead us to the thing. He is the meaning to the symbols. The meaning of Jesus' words and actions is rooted in his command to remember. As today's modern day disciples, we observe the Lord's Supper in remembrance of Jesus. Now, some congregations and churches refer to this meal, this ordinance, as the memorial supper to highlight the significance of Jesus' atoning work on the cross and to call fellow believers to remember his sacrificial death. Others call it communion to highlight the believer's intimacy with Jesus. Whatever we call this observance, one thing is clear. It is a time to remember, and it is a time full of significance. 
lots of different kinds of significance. First of all, there's historical, historical significance. The Feast of Unleavened Bread is the historical background for the establishment of the Lord's Supper. Exodus chapter 12 presents this, the final chapter in God's amazing rescue of Israel from, the, from slavery in Egypt, the plague of, of judgment of the firstborn. You know, the angel of death to pass over, passed over household. And a family had to put from a sacrifice lamb on the doorframe of their house and, and eat the Passover meal as the Lord had prescribed. And this lamb and the meal of unleavened bread became the abiding symbol of Israel's deliverance from bondage. And as Jesus' disciples watched Jesus and listened to his words, this particular Passover they would have understood the historical significance of his actions. What they did not fully understand <clears throat> until after the crucifixion and resurrection, however, was the transformation of what had been a Jewish feast of remembrance into a new symbol for remembering Jesus's atoning sacrifice. The God who acted in history to deliver his people Israel had also acted in history to deliver us. And the elements used in the supper are not the real body and blood of Jesus, but are powerful symbols that cause us to remember that Jesus really did suffer and die in a real historical time and place. And what Jesus did centuries ago impacts my life, impacts your life, and my eternity, our eternity as well. So there's historical significance. Secondly, there is redemptive significance. You see, we should remember the supper's redemptive significance. When John the Baptist saw Jesus approaching, he cried out, Hey, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. That's John 1, 29. And John clearly established the reason for Jesus' coming as fulfillment of what the Passover lamb had only foreshadowed, had been a picture of. In Exodus 12, the lamb was sacrificed for the deliverance of one family. At the cross, the Lamb of God was sacrificed to deliver the whole world from the power and the penalty of sin. And the Passover Lamb served as, a, as the substitute for the firstborn of Israel. But Jesus was our, was my, was your substitute at Calvary. Without the death of the Lamb and the spreading of its blood, the children of Israel would have suffered the judgment of God. Without the shedding of the blood of Jesus... In his substitutionary death, we would have no hope of salvation. In his book, The Tale of the Tardy Ox Cart, Charles Swindoll relates the story of an eight-year-old Kenyan girl. Her name is Monica, and she fell into a pit and broke her leg. And Mama Nigiri, an, an older woman, seeing what had happened, climbed into the pit to rescue Monica. But in the pit was a black mamba, the most poisonous snake in Africa. And it bit Monica and Mama Nigiri. Both ladies were rushed to a medical center. Monica improved, but tragically, Mama Nigiri died. And a nurse, who was also a missionary, explained to Monica that Mama Nigiri was bitten first by the snake and thus received all of the mamba's poison. And when the snake then bit Monica, it had no poison left. 
the nurse went on to explain that Jesus had similarly taken the poison of our sin so that we can live. You know, people have many ideas about who Jesus is and why he came to earth. Jesus said himself that he came to seek and to save what was lost. That's chapter 19, verse 10 of Luke. And when we gather around the Lord's table, first of all, it's the Lord's table. It's not my table. It's his. The elements speak to us of his sacrifice, of his substitution, and of our then salvation. We celebrate our redemption in remembrance of him. By remembering him, we celebrate our redemption. The Lord's Supper presents the powerful message of the gospel. And the third significance that it provides, that the Lord's Supper provides, is is a very personal significance. We should remember the Supper's personal significance. Luke 22, 19 through 20 records Jesus's words. This is my body given for you. This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. You see, Jesus personalizes his statements by using the pronoun you. Jesus told his disciples that he was going to suffer for them. He was going to die for them. True, Jesus would die for everyone, for the sin of the world. But his disciples heard Jesus say, I am doing this for you. If you're like me, you receive way more junk mail than any other kind. You know the kind of mail I'm talking about. It's, it's addressed to occupant or resident. And if the envelope does have your name, it's usually some computer-generated label that may or may not have your name spelled correctly. It's short. It's not personal. If, however, you get a piece of mail with your name handwritten or typed, or if you recognize the return address, then you know that someone has written you personally. Well, we generally open that kind of mail first. It's ours. It is to us. You see, personal mail shows that someone has taken time to communicate with just you. And in 1 Corinthians 11, Paul gives instructions concerning the Lord's Supper, and in doing so, reminds the Corinthian Christians of two things. First of all, their personal salvation in Jesus, and that participation in the Supper carries inward and outward aspects. Inwardly, we are to examine ourselves spiritually before taking the Supper. That's verses 27 through 28 of 1 Corinthians 11. And then outwardly, we proclaim through the supper the Lord's death until he returns. That's verse 26. Observing the Lord's Supper carries personal significance because Jesus calls us to remember that he gave his body for you, for us, for me. It also carries personal responsibility for us to participate in it with, with reverence, with humility, and with sincerity. Understanding and proclaiming Jesus's great act of love. Paul said that our observance of the Lord's Supper is to be done to help us to remember Jesus. Perhaps we are never more the church. Perhaps we are never more the bride of Christ than when we gather at his table by his invitation to worship by remembering him. 
It is his invitation that we are accepting and that we are moving into here. May we never forget that. Luke 22, 14 through 20. And when the hour came, Jesus and his apostles reclined at the table and he said to them, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it again until it finds fulfillment in the kingdom of God. And after taking the cup, he gave thanks and said, take this and divide it among you. For I tell you, I will not drink again from the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took bread he gave thanks and broke it. And he gave it to them saying, this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after the supper, he took the cup saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood which is poured out for you. Amen, and God bless.